This week, we're going to discuss the most valuable currency in your business. Spoiler alert, it's not Bitcoin. Welcome to the Alloy Personal Training Business Podcast, where we'll share our insights on how to make more money, how to help more people, and how to be a better leader for your business and your community. We've been in this game since 1992, and we'll share our successes and failures along the way. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. Matt, you're back. What's up, Rick? Welcome. Happy to be back. Likewise. I say this all the time, but yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I haven't had you on lately. I've been trying some new guests out to see if How's I'm going to go in a different direction. Man, actually, they've all been really good. Yeah, they haven't been uh, bad. Yeah. yeah. Jay was good with anti-aging. Had Cody on last week that comes out, I guess, well, by the time this comes out, I'll have yeah. out for a week or so. Which he was a cool story, right? Yeah. He was intern. an intern here who turned into a, a full-on gym owner. And he talked about his experiences through Alloy, many of which I didn't know. And we have special guest um, in addition to you today, which is my dog. Who's wandering, oh, yeah. Who's wandering around. Winding, winding around. Yeah. I don't think they'll build it here. No. I didn't place him anyway. I just kind of let him walk around. Maybe I should place him. Anyway. Control bad, your dog, too, man. Too bad you <laughs> You guys, you know how I feel about bad <laughs> behaving dogs. He's pretty good. He did run out the front door and didn't go anywhere. So That's true. Someone's like, your dog's out in the parking lot. And I called him and he came running in. So yeah. My work. dogs have been gone. Well, not really. Half of them can walk. So. <laughs> their little chariots onto their back legs, just zipping through the yeah. parking lot. Little pugs rolling down the street. <laughs> little posse, yeah, little really posse of uh, of jacked up pugs. Pretty much, it's like it mess some people up. There's a dog, dog in my, nursing home. There's a dog in my neighborhood who's got one of those. Like his, um, got the wheelchair. Yeah, he's got the little chariot wheelchair in the back. He is the nastiest little dog ever. Can't like even get close mean? to him. Yeah, I think he likes making up for his, you know. Well, that, we have one that doesn't can't walk, and we don't have a chariot. But literally any dog that gets near him tries to bite him. Right. That's the only it's, way to do funny. it. It's the only way to do it. Right? <laughs> you can't do anything, but you're going to try to bite him. <laughs> <laughs> My mouth still works, yeah, bitch. Yeah. Get close enough and find out. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um. Anyway, so we're going to talk about something today. Yeah, I have no idea. Anything. You know what? It's actually a pretty relevant topic. And it's something that um, I think is everyone will understand why it's relevant once we bring it up. And it's really about what we think might be the most valuable currency that we have right now. Bitcoin? No. Oh. No. What's the other one? What's a... Dogecoin? Doge. <laughs> There's like a million. I don't know. Dogecoin. Yeah. Exactly. I know. There's lots of coins, but... Not that Not currency. those. Not <laughs> okay. those. But one that's been around a long time and is a bit harder to make money on. And certainly, yeah, exactly. You well, where are we going? It. I know. Honestly, it's uh, it's called trust. Oh. And so when I look at the current environment, and you, this makes sense. Like there's no trust in any establishment right now, right? Whether it be government, non-government, business, uh, anything like that, any establishment, there's very little trust right now. Outside the circle of trust. <laughs> You're outside the circle now. I mean, you knew I was going to have to say that. <laughs> this is my circle, okay? You're not in it. You're on the outside of it. But there's an interesting report, and actually I'll share it with the team. I haven't even thought about doing that yet, but it's, it's really cool. It's one of those ones that's just fun to read. And, they, and it's a worldwide study by um, a company. It's called the Edelman Trust Barometer. And so each year they do massive statistics on general trust in different categories. Okay. Well, interestingly, well, maybe not. I mean, when you look at kind of media, right? Like media, government, non-government, and private business are kind of the, the things that we look at, right? You know, which one of those things um, has both trust and competency? That's one of their basic graphs that I find interesting. So, you know, imagine you've got competency baseline here. You've got, right, um, 
ethical baseline here. And there's not one of those four entities, which encompasses a lot of, mm-hmm. of categories that makes it into both ethical and competent. Really? There's only one that makes it into competent, and that is business. So it barely makes it over the line. So in general, the general public thinks that business is competent, but not ethical, right? <laughs> Which, I mean, think about it. It makes sense, right? The, yeah. You know, the ethics of data selling or privacy or all the conversations that are sure. going about that. And I mean, the, and the media hysteria around it just tanks, you know, mm-hmm. trust. Um, and there's one that's above board as far as ethics, but below board as far as, um, oh, give us just a minute here. The dog is caught up in the thing. <laughs> oh Dude, gosh. what are you doing? <laughs> Step over. He is relatively smart. There we go. Back to the regularly scheduled program. <laughs> Dog stepping on the microphone wire. Oh my gosh. The only one that made it into ethical but not competent was like, think about the Red Cross. That would be like a non, non-government organization, right? That sometimes works along with the so government. Ethical but non-competent. Not competent at all, but ethical. And they typically work alongside the government. And if you look at both media and government, not ethical, not competent. Either one. So no one made it into the into the golden triangle, right? Or golden square of all four. And so if you if you look at that, and that's a worldwide study, interestingly enough. How do you go to just put a survey out? Yeah, I mean it's millions of people in in a survey. And so well here here's what's interesting and not interesting. The only country that had high level of trust and competency in their government, can you guess who that is? Sweden. No, China. Really? <laughs> Did they? That's who a nod. out that survey? Right, except for the, the They still don't have any COVID right, cases. Right, exactly. I was about to say that's a testament to uh, consumer confidence uh, when controlled by communism. So I, I had a good guess. Yeah, was I thought Sweden that, second. Uh, no, it was, but I thought it was hilarious. Like number one, China. Number two, North Korea. No, I don't, they weren't even there, obviously. But I thought China was pretty funny. I'm like, come on, bro. Like, there's not uh, a message that gets through mm. that's not controlled by those guys. So, um, anyway, they do it. You know, culturally by country. I mean, they break it all down. But in general, those were the four categories, and none of them ticked all the boxes. And forget about China. You know, all bets are off since they control that that media message. So, right. You could argue that right now in business, you might be seen as competent, but are you trustworthy? And if you are not, then you need to try to establish that as as best as possible. And if you do, that's a true currency in this day and age. I mean, very, very valuable. So the question is then, how do you, as a business, how do you build, you know, trust? How do you get folks to trust that you are, you know, doing the right thing, right? And that you... um you know, do good. And I think it goes back to a lot of the things that are just super basic that I don't know that we fully understand in all of our messaging. So we could start out with things like full transparency, right? Mm -hmm. I think if you are a business that shows your processes to your end users, you discuss not only the bright, shiny things, but also the warts in your business, right? Or things that are going on where people feel like they have a really good grasp of your company, what you're all about. Um, you know, what the processes are, what's next, right? Like just sure. full transparency to the to the furthest extent that you can mm-hmm. is, is super valuable. That even goes back to like, if you're going to look at the lens of the, you know, alloy personal training or the personal training business, right? Even your marketing hooks. I could argue that if you're running a six week bait and switch hook, right? Yeah. 
that that would drive lower inherent trust, sure. right? Than something that's just very straightforward. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that could be, I mean, listen, we can argue which ones are better. That's not the topic for this conversation, but come try a free workout is as bad as much as that's not a compelling offer. It's pretty trustworthy. Like, mm-hmm. Come try it. If you like it, great. You know, it's kind of like what we do. Come in, you know, uh, we'll give you half off your first month. That's it. Yeah. Done. Easy. Easy. But I mean, there's no tricks. There's no high sales acumen or like nope. bait and switch or tapping into someone's emotions. Right. And listen, that doesn't mean that sales scripts and systems, we've talked about this ad nauseum, but that those things aren't important. But if they're done to the level of trickery, right. And like I'm pulling a rabbit out of my hat sure. or a large pole out of my butt, which could also be a trick. Um, then, <laughs> I don't want to see it. Right? You're like, ah, what? wait, hold on. What? <laughs> What, wait, what? <laughs> that would not be trustworthy. I'm just telling you, that's not a trustworthy move. Well, I mean, and it's already, we're already say behind the eight ball in a gym setting because I don't, gyms are probably not uh, <laughs> very trustworthy to begin with, right? Well, I mean, in that the comes perception of uh, right. population. Well, it goes back to contracts, yeah. right? which we don't use that word. We use agreements, but I mean, I think through the consumer's lens, they would certainly call it as a dirty word a contract. Mm-hmm. Low usage. I want to stop. You can't because you're in a contract. That's right. historically speaking. I mean, yeah. shoot, when I started in the industry, we had contracts that were 24 and 36 months, not here, but at the gyms that I was working at as a trainer. Wow. And I tell you, there were sales folks there that could sell. I would, I'll bet you they were the, some of the most skilled salespeople I've ever met because they were <laughs> trying to talk somebody who didn't even want to exercise into a three-year commitment and the, to the links <laughs> that they would go to to get people to sign up. I mean, oh, just God. disgusting things like, oh, I, you know, I left my, and this is back when I left my checkbook in the car, right? And they're like, well, I'll, I'll come out there with you, right? <laughs> or like, uh, well, I've got the, my baby with me. Well, let me hold your baby while you run out to the car. I'm like, I'm like, yo, my baby. Did you do these things? Or? No, I wasn't in sales. I was the first ever personal trainer at these gyms. I would come in and say like, hey, first do you mind if ever. I do? Well, l- imagine coming into a gym and saying, hey, I want to be a personal trainer. Do you, do you have any of that here? Do you mind? And they're like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> One of the clubs had an exercise physiologist who would do like the Harvard step test and blood pressure yeah, yeah, yeah. and things like that. But I would come in and be like, yeah, okay, I'm going to do personal training. And I think I've told you the story before. I just put a sign-up sheet of all the workout cards and said, hey, you know, free 30-minute session with just me. a picture of you. Just a picture of me with my shirt off. Straight flexing. Yeah, I had on uh, muscle pants, fanny, fanny pack, pack oh, yeah. no shirt. Fluffy socks and high top shoes. Trust that guy. That was, ball. That was full trust. <laughs> you saw everything I had right there. I was bearing all. And people were like, I know this guy. This guy's me. Those frosted tips and that mullet, that speaks to me. This is my people. <laughs> yeah. And I just crushed. But no, um, that was, we probably dug our own hole because back then the people sure. would just do these disgusting things to sell oh, memberships, yeah. well, follow they, people they back to their. Force them to do that. I mean, hell, the, whoever came up with 36 month agreements, who's that guy? The default on those was so high. It was unbelievable, which is not surprising, <laughs> right? It's like, really? Go, go figure, you know? <laughs> but yeah, so that that's probably a little bit, at least from the um, consumers that have been around long enough to remember those days, mm-hmm. that's where we lose a little trust. Now, so full transparency in your messaging, in your marketing, like just, you know, just be real. Right? Sure. Also in, in your content, like I know you've been putting out content with Steven. I'm like, hey, here's a couple of things you can do at your desk. The more authentic that you are in that content, um, you know, the more it's going to speak to the end users about who you are and what you do. Sure. And I think too, you know, showing both sides of everything, like, okay, it's not perfect. That's why 
content created for advertising, certainly for brick and mortars, is better when it's grainy and it seems real, right? Because yeah. it's more trustworthy because it's more believable. So if you've got some high production shot put together and you're trying to get Susie Q who lives down the street to come to your gym, it's probably not going to work that well. But if you show a picture or a video of someone who reminds her of her and it's not perfect and it looks like it was just shot, yeah. you know, you know, spur of the moment off the cuff here's a cool client check this out you know and you can do that that really moves the needle mm -hmm. again it goes back to trust right um so marketing message your you know your content overall being consistent with your content and then i think taking it a step further you know i had jeff presley from causely on the podcast about three or four episodes ago and we talked about you know businesses that do good do good meaning if you are doing good and you can make it transparent about the good that you're doing that can really help move the needle for your business. I mean, it, it can certainly be a tiebreaker. Like if you, you know, in your vertical that you own in your market, there's going to be direct competitors. And if it comes down to this business is for profit only, right. And, and meaning that, you know, that's all that they're about. And, and that's easy to see that right. Mm -hmm. Versus a business that clearly does good, whether it's in the community of the world, like for us, we give, you know, a percentage of our income, yeah to charity as a business structure. Well, that, that feels good. That's trustworthy, right? And for us being a personal training brand and the fact that we have these intimate relationships with people, we have to be able to communicate that well and we have to keep our promises. You know, part of it is what happens when someone shows up because if there's a disconnect, we've talked about this like in communication, this is like the bane of our existence, right? You set a high level of expectations mm -hmm. and then you don't meet those expectations you've lost the trust, yep. right? If you take the relationship from relational to transactional, you lose a little bit of trust. So trust is just a real currency in this day and age. Um, and I would encourage anyone, you, it's a free report. You can Google it, the Edelman Trust Barometer, um, and just check it out. There's one, for, there's one for each year. You can track it over the last few years. There's a really cool PDF you can download on there. Um, it's, a lot of it's high level, overreaching right. data. But it doesn't take long digging through that info to start to discover that, wow, if we could build a brand that was trustworthy, right, that would be a real advantage for us. And it'd be interesting market. to go back, you know, 20 years and see what the difference is. They go back pretty far. I'm not, I can't remember exactly how many years back, but you can go back at least that 10 trust years. trust is a lot worse now. What do you think? Oh, 100%. <laughs> I mean, think about like, no one trusts anything right now. No. no one trusts science. No one trusts data. I mean, we were questioning whether math is even relevant, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, honestly, so it's like, it, it may be rightly so. And it's the fault of these outlets. If you think about, you know, mask wearing or just something that's so inflammatorily outrageous if there's so many mixed messages of course it's going to be and then it gets politicized so right. the government does that to their what they think is their advantage to pander to their constituency mm -hmm. then it causes more tribalism more division now not only do you not trust the government most of the time you know you don't trust your neighbor right and like okay so the cdc you know like hashtag i trust science and then they come out and say don't wear mask and everyone's like whoa there mr speedy pants <laughs> i don't trust that either i'm like wait a minute like we no, we don't trust anything right yeah. now and maybe rightly so because there's a lot of mixed messaging and the media does a lot to when when you're advertising attention and clicks right inflammatory headlines can be damaging but if that's how you pay bills, they're going to be there, right? And so when you look at all the just inflammatory headlines and stuff that are thrown out there, of course there's no trust because if you read the article, you're like, well, what are you talking about? It doesn't <laughs> even match the headline at all. No.
So it, it's just one of those interesting dynamics right now. And I think it's something that we should pay attention to. And I know it's lofty and it's not like, here's the three things you need to do to grow your gym. But I will tell you right now that it just look at all of your materials, all of your messaging, how you induct a new client. Do you back up on that? Do you back that promise up when people come in? If you can do all those things and earn trust, it'll feel like that one, you know, safe haven for somebody, right? Sure. In a world where trust is at an all-time low, whether it's your government, the business you deal with, your friggin' neighbor because you don't know where they stand. You know, it's just, it's nuts. So I'm like there's something behind that, huh? Got a bad neighbor around you? I have good neighbors. <laughs> you do have good neighbors. You I got do. them all in the gym. It's great. Keep, I know. Keep going. No, I got the best neighborhood in the world, bro. I really do. And it's it's really funny. It's uh, We just had a new lady move in the other night, as an example. And the guy that lives down at the end of the cul-de-sac, he's like the mayor of the neighborhood. His name's Greg. He's a cool dude. He comes out with two bottles of champagne while they're moving in. And they all just stop moving. And the whole neighborhood comes out and does a toast to these Heck new yeah. people. And she's like, this is the best neighborhood ever. That's cool. Well, that's just, I mean, same kind of thing we try to do in the gym, right? Yeah. Build community, make people feel welcome, let their guard down. I mean, that's it. Yep. And we'll again, it's, trust. It, it is, it really is about trust. And so I hope you guys can look at everything that you're doing, saying, and what your overall images of your company and try to protect that at all costs. It kind of goes back to when we talked about the three things that Jim Collins addressed during COVID. And the second one of those two was 25 squadrons, which was Churchill's you know, question to his commanders is how many squadrons do we need to hold back mm -hmm. to protect the island? When we took that message and we put that you know, lens over our business, what are the things we need to protect? Nick, obviously it's revenue. You know, sometimes it's personnel. Like I can't lose these people, right? Because everybody was tightening their purse strings a bit. But also, it was like brand equity. You know, like yeah. we can't lose that. We can't lose that trust. So let's not do something. And it was a tough year to maintain that. But I think you know we did a pretty good job. I would say. Yep. We just tried to be transparent. We had people just as every business did saying, "Hey, you're making the wrong decision here. You're staying open too late. You're opening too early." And we tried to address all of those with like, "Look, we don't really know." We're trying to do the best we can, mm -hmm. right? We're sorry if you don't agree, but like this is why we're doing it and just trying to be fully transparent. And listen, it's not always popular, but that's not, the idea is not to be popular. It's to be trustworthy. Sure. And that means telling the truth and telling the truth isn't always the most popular thing, but it's mm -hmm. still the right thing to do. So I hope that helps everyone. Trust is the new currency, certainly in today's environment. If you can build it and keep it, you're cooking with oil. Make cool. sense? Awesome. All right, brother. Thank See ya. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, check us out at AlloyFranchise.com for more information on the Alloy systems. Also, leave us a five-star review so we can spread the good word and help more people.